This is Kyle Juszczyk, and you're listening to Nothing But Niners. This is Charles Haley. You're listening to Nothing But Niners. So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field, and Garrison Hurst takes advantage of it. He takes the handle, hits to his right, gets to the 20. He's in the 30. Needs to cut in. He comes back up the right sideline. Breaks a third tackle. Comes down to the 30. He's down to the 20. He's down to the 10. He's down to the 5. He's down to the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. 96 yards run from scrimmage. Garrison Hurst breaking tackle after tackle. Sweeps down the sideline. Throws off bodies like clothes after a marathon. Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He died. Touchdown, 49ers. Third down, Alex takes the snap. Alex looking down in post, and it's good. Click, click, boom! What's going on, faithful? The Nothing But Niners crew is back, and guys, we are joined today by a very special guest, my man, Jersey Zone. Jason Aponte. Jay, what's going on, man? How you doing, bro? I'm good, Mike. What's going on with you, bro? I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. No, no problem at all, man. Another day, another dollar. Keep grinding out here. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're doing right now. Uh, guys, we're going to break down uh, some of our favorite prospects from the draft, some of our favorite undrafted free agents, and maybe figure out who we think is going to get the most playing time this year, who's going to make the biggest contrib contributions to your team, the 49ers. But before we do, we have to run through all these formalities. So first and foremost, guys, if this is your first time here, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and turn on notifications so you guys know when we're doing impromptu shows. Not everything is going to be our scheduled shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Sometimes we do some stuff in between, so make sure you have those notifications turned on. Give us a follow on some of our social media platforms. We have Twitter and Snapchat. Those handles are nothing but 9ERS. That is the number 9, nothing but 9ERS. We also have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch, and that is nothing but Niners. That's spelled all the way out in some variations. Some of them have underscores underneath and all that. So if you just type out nothing but Niners, you will find us, all right? Questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, whatever it is, guys, send them on over to nb9ers at nothingbutniners.com. We have had requests for guests and everything. We're going to get to you guys, I promise you. Uh, that's the place where you want to communicate with us officially. That is the spot, nb9ers at nothingbutniners.com. And last but certainly not least is our Patreon account. Guys, special videos come weekly over there, all right? We got three different tiers, and the tiers are going to pick back up as soon as the team get back to camp. But as of right now, guys, head on over to patreon.com slash nb9ers. Do the $5 tier only. Again, $5 tier only is going to get you exposure to everything that we bring right now, okay? So there is no need to go up in tiers until the team gets out there for training camp. All right. Again, I'm your guy, 49ers Mike underscore NFL. And to my left is my guy, Jason Aponte, 2103. What's up with that? What's the 2103, man? 
Uh, 21, um, Roberto Clemente, and then uh, it's a variation of three. Uh, three is my favorite number, so two plus one equals three. So I threw it in there. I like to keep it, and I've been thinking about changing it, but Croc is so opposed to it that I want to keep it because it bothers him so much. So I think it's here to stay just to bother Croc, bro, I promise you. Just to mess with him a little bit, right? That's right. crazy. He calls it, this is he calls it my it. burner account. He calls it my burner account, so I'm just like, nah, bro, I'm sticking with it now. Why? What? what what's like? Is it just because too many numbers at the end makes it look like? Yeah, it's too many numbers, right? It's usually it's usually those dudes with too many numbers that are either yelling at you, saying some foul things that they would never say to your face, and that's that's where he's trying to get at. So yeah, <laughs> that's funny as heck. I'd be thinking about changing mine, like 49ers Mike underscore NFL. I don't work for the NFL. I'm not. I don't work for the 49ers. You know what I'm saying? It's just a team that I like to cover. But then I have my own personal account, so that's the one where I can shake it up and get busy over there. You know what I'm saying? So. I get it, man. You got to do what you got to do, man. Uh, you're getting some love in the chat here. What's up, Jason? Um, oh, man, Jamal. Yeah, man. They in here. They see you, man. Look at that, man. Oh, let's go. Y'all showing the man some love. That's what Our I'm talking dome, about. What's up? Mm -hmm. All right. Now, guys, listen. I promise y'all I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not going to see all the comments. I'm not going to see all the uh, little notes and everything. So don't take it personal, guys. Uh, but, Jason, we always start with uh, the latest 49ers news and rumors. And following the draft, the 49ers went out and did something that I didn't know if I expected them to do. They re-signed uh, Jason Verrett. What are your thoughts on this signing? Is this something that you saw coming? Does this mean that they didn't get a guy that they maybe liked in the draft? Or what What are your thoughts on the return of J Jason Verrett? I don't know if I saw it coming, but I definitely was pushing for it. I mean, when you look at the team and how they've been built, it's all, it's obviously in the trenches with pass rush, but now you're looking at, and, and I mean this with no hyperbole at all, you're probably looking at the deepest cornerback room the 49ers have had during the Shanahan Lynch era, especially if Jason Verrett can become what he was in 2020, probably one of the few bright spots in that, that god-awful season. So when you think about where this comes from in terms of pass rush, and now you have Verrett and Ward starting, and you can kick Emmanuel Mosley, who was the best cornerback on the team, into the slot. And then, you know, you still have Ambry, who made strides. He, you know, I didn't really feel like he was all the way there. That was just my opinion. But he definitely played much better down the stretch in certain points. He doesn't have to be pressed into duty. And uh, when you look at the number, the actual number that he signed for, the cap hit is zero and it's less than a million dollars. So, again, Verrett talked at length about how he loved the culture. Unfortunately, he loved the rehab room just because of him getting back from injuries. But I think a lot of that had to go back into it. And I think that he really wanted to be here. So I, I'm ecstatic. I, I didn't see it coming, but I definitely was pressing for it. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, this guy went on the field, was in my opinion, the best DB that we had. Uh, well, let me say corner. I'm not going to say DB because that encompasses the whole secondary. But he was the best corner that I thought we had on the field. And that's saying something because Emmanuel Mosley is quiet as kept. He's played really, really well as well. You know what I'm saying? So um, I was I was hoping that this happened. Um, there was a couple of players that I thought if the Niners don't land who they want in the draft, they'll probably go out and get them, right? When they, when they passed on Nick Cross, I'm like, all right, maybe Tart is their target. You know what I'm saying? Like, Maybe that's what they're that's what they're looking at, you know, to go out there and find the safety. Uh, but you know, it was little stuff like that that was going on. And then they go out, they get a corner, they get a couple of, you know, undrafted free agents, and then they announce the Verrett thing. And I'm like, this is gonna be a hell of a room. There's gonna be some really good talent that doesn't make this roster. So I thought that was pretty dope. Um, what else you got? I mean, not not what else do you have? Um what is what do you think the likelihood of him being out there and like not just being out there but being ready? Like he's come back over and over and over and over. Um, and they said that he even contemplated retirement. 
I usually don't like hearing those kind of things from players because I feel like once you check out mentally, the body starts to follow. But he's back, man. I mean, is it is it a good sign maybe that he's uh he's being so stubborn with his body? Yeah, and I think that when when you hear that a player is contemplating retirement, it's more because you know you saw how distraught he was. Another injury that he's got to battle back from. I think that everybody is worried about how he'll be physically. But mentally, having to go through that again is the part that that you've seen players just say, I can't do it again. I mean, Andrew Luck walked away from the game, and he was one of the top of his position because he couldn't continue to do it. But I think that, you know, emotions run high at certain times. There's going to be times where you're frustrated. But I think if the 49ers signed him, it's going to be for, hey, bring him in a camp. If he starts to look like that guy, it's a good problem to have. And if not, there's still other options, and he wasn't exactly plan A right away. So I, I love it, especially when you talk about how little money it is. So likelihood that he's going to be ready, that is going to be the better question because I have the similar sentiment with Mike McGlinchey. I think they, I think Mike McGlinchey is going to play, but is Mike McGlinchey going to be effective? And it's it's less about him playing and how effective he is, and I think the same thing applies to Jason Verrett. So it's going to be interesting to see. We'll find out in camp. If he can't make it, then I'm sure that the 49ers will make a move or something like that. But it can't hurt to try. And when you think about the actual reward that you can have, you would pretty know you would know pretty early whether he's going to bounce back. So it, it's hard to tell right now. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, you mentioned Mike McGlinchey, man. Uh, what did you think of him last year when he was out there? Because I was, I felt like I was on this island alone. I don't know if I'm riding him riding because his name is mike i do this thing where i support anybody from jersey right like people will tell you in the chat right mike thinks that dante johnson is the best corner on the team it's not that i think that i just don't think he's the worst either you know what i mean like so i support my people from jersey my man's name is mike i'm going to support him and his family is from right in the same city that i live in right now so you know it's like wow there is a little something there but what'd you see when you watched him last year because if he's coming back and that leg is not 80 percent or better it could be ugly for Mike. I mean, you're not on the island by yourself. I fight people all the time about it. It's it's less about what you guys think. And we know the deficiencies, right? He wasn't brought here to exactly pass pro. I think the frustration comes from the fact that you didn't really see too much improvement from that. But when in, when you talk about run run offense, Mike's one of the best, if not the best. And, and that's the thing more than anything. So it, it really boils down to the fact that I think that there has been many times that Mike has had issues pass proing during big set times of the game right like it's always magnified when it's in the fourth quarter or in a crucial play and things like that but mike is nowhere near as bad as his detractors say and i think another thing that you factor in is where he was taken and how fans feel about where he was taken a little bit of a victim of his own draft capital and then when you think about the guys that they could have had it really sent it's a really polarizing topic amongst 49ers fans so again i don't feel that he's anywhere near as bad as they thought and then it doesn't help that Tom Compton actually stepped in and played very solidly. And, and it kind of, you know, those Mike McGlinchey haters had a little thing to point to and say, hey, well, look, well, he got his ass kicked in the NFC Championship in the divisional round, too. So Tom Compton was who we thought he was. It's just, you know, Shanahan can make it work with with many people. Very, very well said, man. You know, uh, I always defend them by saying, you know, Mike will have a solid game. They'll be out there for 72 total snaps, right? That 72nd snap was when he gave up a big sack to end the game on a drive that we needed to win. And it, and that's what stands out in people's minds, you know? It's, oh, my God, he got blown over by a corner. Well, yeah, because his feet weren't set. His feet were next to each other. Like you said, he wasn't really boarding here for the whole pass pro thing, right? But he's I think he's gradually getting better. 
Um, I think his rookie year showed a lot of promise. We had to set, set back his uh, second year. But, you know, I, I think that Mike was trending in the right direction. Uh, I'm very excited that he's uh, healthy. I'm seeing the, um, the videos out there of him working out and things like that. And mentally, when you hear him, he seems to be in great spirit. So uh, I, I like what I'm, I'm hearing and seeing from Mike McGlinchey. I'm hoping for the best for him. Uh, but let's go ahead and get to the meat and potatoes of this episode because this is going to be a fun one. There's no right or wrong answers here or anything like that. Um, we are going to talk about some of the people that were selected um, by the 49ers in the in the 2022 draft, right? Um, so let's start there. First, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. On a scale of 1 to 10, how surprised were you that we didn't trade at all? Uh, are you talking about the – the elephant in the room, Debo Samuel, or are we talking about just moving oh, no. up or moving? My bad. I've been moving in the draft. My bad. Not not trading oh, Debo. My bad. Shocked? Mm, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say too shocked. I would probably put it at an eight. Uh, I mean, or like, uh, I mean, not too shocked, like a three. Uh, I, I mean, it, it means the other way, right? Because if it's an eight, that's shocking. Yeah, not, yeah. not too shocked. I, I felt that a lot of what we heard about the draft, especially when, you know, when, when we were there in the media room is that there were so many people looking to move out because a lot of people didn't want to be in their 10, in the top 10, but they felt that this draft had a lot of depth, which probably plays into the whole idea that the 49ers should have traded back. But I think they were comfortable where they were at. The board kind of laid a little bit funny, especially when you look at some of the mock drafts that were out there and who the 49ers were able to get undrafted after the, after uh, the draft. Um, I think that the 49ers were comfortable where they were at and they understood that they were going to be able to get their guys and guys that they they coveted. So uh, I just think they got jumped one time. I think the Bengals jumped in front of them for uh, Cam Taylor Britt. I think that that's who they could have been looking at as a as a possible um, target. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not really that shocked. Yeah, my guy Tony feels the same way that you do. And I was just like, man, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um We'll talk about some surprise and stuff like that. And feel free to interject. It's not just what I say. We're going to make this thing a conversation. This is going to be two people, you know, sipping and just talking 49ers football, all right? So don't don't feel like, you know, we got to stay on what I'm saying, all right? Yeah, I'm off alcohol, too, after Vegas. I'm going to be done for, like, two weeks. That's it. I'm done. No more. Yeah. So did yeah, you have man. one of those nights where it was like, oh, God, I'm never drinking again? And then you wake nah. up and you're like, nah, I'm just for two weeks? Now you just like you have a little headache, but the the secret is you got to get back in the saddle, keep going, right? Like you got to get up and get right back in there, right? And yeah. that's what keeps you going. You know, uh, Mama didn't raise no quitter, but Mama said that if you want to take two weeks off, that's all good, and that's what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> all right, I hear you, man. So how was it out there, man? Like let, let's let's hear about your experience and everything like that. And by the way, you got to tell people where to find you. All right, now your page is blowing up, so I'm sure you don't need any promotion. But I do it with everybody. Crocky comes on here. Grant Cone's been on here a couple of times. Like. I do it with everybody. So I want I want you to tell people where they can find you. I'm going to take this off because I know you have your Twitter handle and the yeah. name down there. But go ahead and tell people where they can find you and what you do for and with the 49ers. Yeah, uh, you know, you can follow me on Twitter here if you want some uh, quality memes and stuff. I like to have a good time on Twitter. You'll get some analysis here and there. But the YouTube page, uh, Jason Aponte, uh, got my own Patreon, same name. Um, but uh, in, in terms of that, what, what was going on out there, the vibe, it, it was fun. It was hot. Um, but, uh, this is the first time, well, the second time, because last year in Cleveland, I was able to, uh, acquire media credentials, but only for day two. And it was nowhere near what was going on in Vegas because obviously you had COVID going around and, uh, 
what the access that we were able to get this year with the media credentials was crazy. I was able to speak with Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, uh, Malik Willis, and and those interviews are all on my page. Um, we were able to speak with the the first round picks in the in the press conference and being in the media room with a lot of people that I admire, look up to, and and understand the and respect more than anything, respect their contributions to to the game. Um, it, it was it was quite a thrill to be there, and uh, it's something that I kind of was a little upset that I was out there for, in Vegas for a little too long because my flight got canceled before I had to come back. And, and and realistically, you just need two or three days there because after that, it's complete overkill. But I will say this. I know next year is Kansas City. I know the year after is Detroit. But the NFL might do good by having the, the, the draft there in Vegas every year. It would bring everybody in. There was so many fans. We got a, We got a chance to talk with so many people. It was just a blast, honestly, in that part. And then, you know, right after, you get your work done, get your article done, get your live stream done, and then, boom, you hit downstairs, go get something to eat, hit the casino. It was, it was a lot of fun. That's what I like to hear, man. I like to hear people having a good time. And I think what the NFL wants to do is really go f- to a couple of different cities. They're going to they're gonna step back. They're going to analyze where was the best revenue, the biggest gain. The, you know, they're going to check Twitter analysis, like who was talking, which city had us talking about the draft the most and all that stuff. And that's what they're going to do. Same thing with the combine, right? They want to do like this combine tour and take it away out of India and things like that. And they're, they're going to see what it does, right? And then you, I hate that idea. You good? I know, but that unfortunately, the NFL's bottom line is the bottom line. You know what I'm saying? Now, what I do think is they can have cities bidding for it the same way they do for the Super Bowl, right? So I think that's what's going to end up happening, and they're going to find a way to make that money and make that revenue whether the team pays for it to have things done in their city or you know what I mean? Like, it's just, this is where we had the best results here. So it's going to be interesting. I was supposed to go to Vegas for the draft when it was originally supposed to be happening. Uh, but during then COVID happened and I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. And my buddy, I have a buddy who lives out there and he was like, Mike, don't even get a room. Like, just come stay here. He was like, you can bring one other person with you and you can do what you want to do. And he hit me up and he was like, are you still coming? I was like, no, man, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, that's not me. I'm not playing with fire like that. I was like, I don't even know how many people are going to end up being there. You know what I'm saying? So um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. But, you know, I find it very comforting sitting down in the comfort of my own home, making a whole mess. I mean, we did a whole show here. We got the draft board and everything. and We're moving pieces and stuff like that. We have a lot of fun doing it, you know, pretending like we're in the war room and uh, doing things that we think the Niners front office people are doing. So it's pretty cool. And shout out to the Niners, by the way. I I know we're not at the end of this. I think they bodied this draft and the undrafted free agent pool. I think they absolutely nailed it, man. Uh, you get a little nervous watching them pass on certain positions, but then the people that we had on our board for those positions in round three, round four, they got his undrafted free agents. It's kind of cool to see that, you know, to know that, you know, we, we we do our research and everything, and Tony did a phenomenal job putting our final board together and everything, right? This guy fits the system. This guy's better, but this guy fits the system. And they go out there and they get two of them. You know what I mean? Just right away, as soon as the draft is over. And then you find a third one later on. Oh, my God. It's like we're seeing things the right way. Now can the big picture come together? So I absolutely love what happened. Um, We have a a super chat here. Let's talk about this really quick. And then we're going to get to the meat and potatoes of everything. What's with that? What's with the last pick? And can he end up good? And I think. Mr. Mr. Relevant. Mr. Irrelevant, uh, Brock Purdy, right? So the, the quarterback from Iowa State. Uh, now it was Iowa State. Hold on, let me. I don't want to. I don't want to say the wrong place. Hold on, let me. Let me look it up real quick. I don't want to. I don't want nobody yelling at me about that. 
He was from Iowa State. Yeah, I was right. Okay. Iowa State. Yes, Iowa State. Um, this guy, well, let me, let me, I'll leave the contribution up here while we talk about him. Um, let me get your thoughts on him first. What, what are your thoughts? Because I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch any film on this guy. I didn't know anything about him until after they drafted him. Then, of course, everybody runs. They look at the highlights, and then someone puts some all 22 on, on Twitter. What were your thoughts on this young man? Yeah, I mean, it, it, for realistically, what what does this mean? Does this does this signify that you know the 49ers are going to carry four quarterbacks? Probably not. So if you want to be, if you want to use your brain the way that I do, there was two picks in this draft that kind of signified the switch, the change of the guard. This one was one of them because you can't carry four, and you already paid Nate Suffield. Nate Suffield isn't going anywhere. And then the yeah, and then the guy that. I will talk about it in a bit because everybody loves Dre Jackson, but I'm going to talk about the one guy that I really feel like shows the switch is about to happen. The philosophy is changing. Um, and I think you guys kind of know. But that, for me, when that happened, I was like, okay. So now either this guy makes the team or he doesn't, but it starts to feel like you're moving away from he who I will not name because I'm sick of speaking about this man. Um, so I am not talking about him anymore. But you guys get where I'm going with this. So, yeah. You're muted, I think. Just so you know, that's exactly why I didn't bite when you said, when you say trade, do you mean that we didn't trade deep? I'm done with that conversation. I'm done talking yes, about yes. him. So I completely feel, if no one brings him up to me, you will never hear me speak about him again. And that's on or off the roster. I don't care. Hey, good game. Cool. Go Niners. That, that's, where I, that's how I feel about it anymore. So, all right. So I like that you got a guy like that that you're with, and I got a guy like that that I'm, I'm with like that. I don't know, man. That's like, I'm just over it so let's go and get to it man let's talk about some of our favorite pro um I, I, i'm so used to saying prospects let's talk about some of our favorite uh drafted players that are going to be rookies this year for the 49ers man so you have the floor first and then i'll, I'll follow up with somebody afterwards we could do a couple of those and we'll hit these uh, undrafted free agents yeah so i mean obvious answer is is you know drake jackson but i'm not going to say him Right. I'll leave that. I'll leave that for you. Um, for me, it's the guy that I was just alluding to is Danny Gray. And what I mean by about drafting him shows me a little bit of change in philosophy is you'll have a guy situationally that'll be there to blow the top off a of defense, lighten that box up. And realistically, the 49ers haven't had somebody like that since a guy named Marquise Goodwin. Goodwin they haven't had a burner. They haven't had a burner to take the top off, lighten the box for everybody. But that doesn't jive with the other guy. It jives with the new guy. So for me, when I saw that pick, I said, oh, okay. You're starting to get the picture now. You're starting to see the transition. It's happening. When it, how it happens, I don't know, but it's happening. And the only concern that I have with Danny Gray is just fix the drops. That is fixable. That's fixable. Get in front of that jugs machine. Get your concentration up. But great yards after the catch, 4.3. When we saw him run at the combine, he, I was like, oh, who the hell is that? And then I turned on the tape and you see it um smu everybody always wants to look at colleges where you went competition i don't really feel that that is too much of an issue because that speed translates right away and the yards after catch if you want to throw him a, a quick slant he's out that type of thing i'm i'm not at all concerned about that the only concern would be about drops but i like the danny gray pick a lot because it signifies the shift which is what we're all waiting for the other shoe to drop and just move on already let's get away from this already because i'm done talking about it I love that. I love that pick, man. And uh, I was sitting around and I was hyped because, again, someone that we had on our board, uh, you know, people do these mock drafts. And for whatever reason, this guy was available much later. And so people say, oh, you you reach, you reach, you reach. 
But then people forget that before him was another guy that I was hoping the Niners would target because of the speed aspect. And, you know, the rookie's coming in, uh, the rookie, uh, Trey's going to be coming in here with the big arm. I was saying, let's get Tyquan Thornton. Like, I really wanted us to get him. People are like, oh, no, you can get him later. You can get him later. You can get him later. Patriots said, nah, thank you. Like, we'll take. We have to have a discussion about Bill Belichick, the GM. Uh oh. Because I like Uh-oh. Cole Strange. I like Cole Strange. Um, 29's way too high. Tyquan Thornton, way too high, especially for a guy that I, I don't know how he fits with Noodle Mac. So, it, it, you know what it is? Bill Bill gets a lot of a lot of credit because obviously he's an amazing coach. And what they do very well is they move guys out when it's time to pay them and they bring guys in that'll that'll work, right? But draft picks and especially wide receivers, hello and, and kill Harry, hello, every single other wide receiver that they've taken. Ah, uh, we gotta have a discussion about Bill the GM. Bill the coaches is, is we don't have to talk about that. We know Bill the GM. Doesn't care about your draft boards. Doesn't care about your mocks. Doesn't care about where guys are valued. If my guy's there, I like him. I'm taking him. So we just got to – and what did they take, two running backs or something like that? Like, I, uh, that draft was all over the place for them, man. Look, no disrespect but, to Bill. He's the GOAT. But get out of here with, with the GM. This is what's going to happen with what he does. This is this – is, I think I got the philosophy figured out. I'm going to get guys that I know I can put in and no one can say they failed. So when they go back and review this draft later, running backs, he always alternates those running backs in that system, right? He had that guy, um, damn, it was a color. Was it gray? Was it, what, what was the, white, blue? Jonas Gray. Jonas Gray. Yeah. After, he had a guy who ran for like 200 yards one game and didn't get a single carry the following game. Yeah. Jonas didn't Gray, get a four carry, right? Four touchdowns right. against the Colts. Yes, exactly, right? So he'll do this thing where the running backs are going to be a rotation. It's not about the hot hand and keeping them like Kyle Shanahan does, right? This is about, no, we're going to change it up. Everyone's expecting this guy, so next game we're going to use this guy. And this guy better do his job, right? So what he does is he goes out there and he picks people that he knows, I'm definitely going to use this guy, and you can't call him a bust. And he's used to picking at the end of the draft, right? The Patriots are one of those teams that sometimes they'll even trade out of the first because they're picking 31 or 32. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's get out of here. Let's get a couple more guys in here, and we'll just go this way. So – I understand, I think I understand like the method to his madness. It's just super duper safe picks. He's gonna use those running backs. He's gonna use this guard. You know what I'm saying? Like, so or offensive lineman. I don't know where he's gonna play him, but he's gonna he's gonna use this offensive lineman. A reach, yeah, but to him, it's the guy I wanted. I got him. And he's gonna play. They're gonna put him in there, he's gonna play. So I kind of get that. Um, when I go to my favorite, my favorite, um, one of my favorite players. In this draft, um, I'm gonna go with the running back that everyone hated. All right, one, I'm a huge Game of Thrones, uh, ga- uh, yeah, Game of Thrones fan. So um, Tyrion, I just like the name just straight off the bat. You know what I'm saying? So th- did you watch Game of Thrones? Of course. Okay, all right. So I don't know if I told you, but I have a daughter. Her name is Arya Khaleesi. So like that's how much we like the show. Like we had a baby. We're taking two names from the show. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's how much we like them. So you get a guy in here named Tyrion. They're gonna, they are they might not say it that same way, but it's spelled the same way. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, the reason why I like this is because when, when you put on the film of this guy, he is a one cut and boom, he explodes. Just like Elijah Mitchell. But here's the difference. I think he has a little bit more. Uh, he, I think he hits his top speed and maintains it better than Elijah Mitchell. 
I can't tell you how many times last year I saw Elijah Mitchell just kind of run out of gas on certain plays. You know what I mean? Like he'd hit a hole, he'd go same way, right? But you know they close in on him. I think Gray is gonna. I mean, Gray. Um, I think Price is gonna do some some moving in the second. And once he gets to the secondary, once he gets to the second level, and just keep guys off of him for a little bit longer. You know what I mean? Uh, he seems very decisive. Um, you you watch Elijah Mitchell, and what he did was he would commit to a hole, put his foot in the ground, and just go. Sometimes he'd run the back of a guard or into the back of a tackle. Sometimes he hits a hole and he's gone. Right? This guy actually sees the holes. His vision is crazy and so this is one of that well i saw a ton of hate for this pick oh you could have got him later and all that and again it's always about you could get him later you could get him later with people who do a bunch of mock drafts and they're using the pff draft board and where, and where these guys are ranked and stuff like that but i think this draft in particular showed you can't go off of what pff says you can't go off of your mock draft simulators that are all out there using different boards and everything they really liked these guys and i don't think it's a I, they let the board fall to them and say all right where can we go from here i'm i'm gonna be honest with you i was surprised that they didn't make any trades during the draft moving up or down but i like that they didn't panic they had a plan at every single pick whether we liked it or not now we don't know how some of these later guys are going to play out right womack and things like that but i really like what i saw from them so uh this guy is going to be one of my favorites man Tyrion davis price I can't wait to see him here with the 49ers. Now, you talked about a change of the guard, right? I think this puts some people in trouble, and I'm not talking about Trey Sermon. I'm not talking about Trey Sermon. I'm thinking guys like Jeff Wilson Jr. and Jermichael Hasty have to watch out now. Um, what, do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that a lot of what's left on about him is that that burst that he has right there, right? And it is uh, get downhill and, and, and get up there. I think that the other thing that people forget is how good he is in pass pro. And Kyle, you're not going to see the field if you can't pass pro. And also, this feels like a pitch to 19. Hey, we've got another running back here. We're not going to have to use you as much, man. Like, please, like, you know, look, we're, look, we're working with you, man. We're working with you. Um, and I think that people weren't necessarily upset with the player, just the position. But again, if you sit there and you wait and that was really your guy and you let somebody else take him or something like that, you run that risk. So for me... I don't know how the board plays out. I don't know what's going on in the war room, but I just think that people weren't really necessarily upset with the player, just the location. That's it more than anything. LSU, you love to see you love to see how hard he hits the hole. And, and I, like I said, his speed is underrated, but the pass pro mm-hmm. thing was really what got me. Yeah. And that really, really shows on the tape. You know, you, you said uh, the whole sending a signal, right? And I want to I wanna talk about that for a second. Um, and I know I said I was done talking about him, but you mentioned something. Do you believe that? He doesn't want to get do. the ball in the backfield anymore. Oh, um, I, all right. My little question. Send, I, I agree with you with sending the signal. I, well, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about the I don't want to be used as a running back. My spiel is this, is I believe that the 49ers came to the table with wide receiver only money, which was under what the top guys were getting. And Debo thought – not only am I going to get the number that I think I'm going to get, I'm going to get a little bit more because I touched the ball in the backfield. So it's not that he's necessarily upset with the way he's utilized because that's what gets him in high demand, and that's what has every other team looking to get Debo, is that he thought he was going to be compensated properly with the wide receiver, top wide receiver money, 
And then also that. Also, here's my conspiracy theory because, you know, I don't do conspiracy theories like that, but I know you do. And I try to think outside the box a little. Debo was on pace to crush some records in the receiving game. If you curb those receiving numbers a little bit, when you come to the table, you say, hey, man, well, you have 1,400 yards. Hey, All right. So he, here's, here's my thinking with that. Here's my thinking with that. I'll be honest with you, right? So I, I, I did think about that, right? And I was, I was there with you until you look at the drops. Now, you go to different sites, they're going to have different numbers, right? One site's going to tell you he had seven drops. Another site's going to tell you he had 11 drops, which would have been second in the NFL. You got to look at something. At a certain point, Tim became afraid to throw the ball. If it wasn't a check down or something short, he wasn't going to do it. He's definitely not taking shots down the field. So that, that like you said, the Danny Gray thing lets you know it's, we're about to transition, right? I think Kyle took the weakness of 10 and the weakness of 19, the drops, and said, get the ball in his hands no matter how. We have to do it. And it worked out, right? The thing about, oh, well, I want wide receiver money plus running back money, and I'm doing this for a reason, I don't think that was the case because wide receivers make significantly more money than running backs, unless you're uh, Christian McCaffrey, which is crazy. Right, to clarify, to clarify, I didn't I didn't mean like he wanted both. I mean, if he wanted 22, throw a little $3 million on there for me for, for running back, you know, like to make it 25 or make it 26 or something like that. It, it's not necessarily like big money. And then, and I completely agree with you on this. I do believe it's a mixture of trying to curb that wide receiver, no, those wide receiver numbers and the lack of explosion that you needed in the games from, from him as well to getting the ball in his hands. So I, I'm with you on that for sure. Yeah. I, I think a lot of what we've been experiencing is just, it's just, negotiation politics i really yes, really believe yeah. that because if they said all right fine we're only going to use you as a wide receiver i think he would have a problem with that no i, I want to be back there for kick returns i want to be in there uh as a running back i want you to shift me out there because i like getting the ball on my hands and he was saying these things when everything was working then all of a sudden it's time to negotiate and it's like ah, i don't want to do that anymore you know what i'm saying so we'll we'll see what happens uh i do believe that he will be used similarly uh this season so uh, I don't I don't think that's the I don't think that's the case. Before we get to another of your favorites, we have a couple more contributions here. Great Fox 198. Thank you for the super chat. He says, God damn. He says this crossover is better than the Avengers and the, and the multiverse. Keep up the great work. Love you both, man. Uh, your your response to that. I appreciate Gray Fox. He's always in the chat showing love, man. But that's high praise, man. I, I don't know. I, Doctor Strange comes out in a few days, and we're going to find out where that multiverse is going. That's really high praise. But, hey, love to hear that. Did you watch the, the other Doctor Strange movie? Mm -hmm. All right. So that movie reminded me so much of this movie called Inception. Yeah. Both of those movies made me feel like I was on shrooms, bro. Like, <laughs> it's Wait, something that Wait, do you see this one? That's what I'm saying. I'm afraid. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I'm going to watch it, but I'm afraid. Like, I, th these are movies that I got to watch a couple of times to see, like, what's a vision, what's a, what's a, uh, uh, what do they call it, a simulation or whatever, versus what's actually happening and everything. You really, this is not something that you can watch and be on your phone and then look back up because you're going to look up and it's a whole different something going on. So you got to pay attention to those joints. So some required watching before you go. I mean, I'm sure you saw Spider-Man No Way Home. That's something that's directly tied to it. But you should watch two 
three episodes of What If on Disney Plus. The episode where Doctor Strange, uh, in his multiverse, actually doesn't break his hands or anything like that. It's his wife that dies, and he's trying to he's trying to bring her back. And then the last two episodes, which are all gonna tie in. Trust me, I'm not gonna tell you, but after you see it, you'll see. You definitely should watch. That's required viewing, in my opinion. Are you a comic book guy? Yes. I mean, look, bro. All right. Okay. All right. I saw it, but I I didn't want to make any assumptions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, all right. That's what's up. Yeah. I, I, no, no, no. I Trust me. I saw it, man. I saw it. So now let me ask you, DC and Marvel. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of DC. I just like Batman and uh, Marvel has the better characters in my opinion. I mean, Superman's just outdated. Uh, I can fly. Uh, you can't shoot me. I have, I, I have eye beams. I can do cold. Uh, you can't, you know, it, it's, it's annoying. It's outdated. Um, with Marvel, Marvel, Marvel's characters are more enriched in, social topics and i think that's something that's really important like the x-men yeah. right the x-men had the dichotomy of martin luther king and malcolm x as magneto and professor x and they touch mm -hmm. on so many things that are and and they bring that to the forefront and now when you're talking about all these marvel movies now combining all this stuff together and bringing it to like if you would have told me when i was 15 years old that the guardians of the galaxy would have two movies i would have said yeah no chance nobody likes them and and here we are so yeah it, it's definitely marvel over dc but it's batman over the world like for me so I got you. My uncle is a big, big fan of Batman. Man. I mean, like any, I've, I've bought this guy batarangs for his birthdays. I've bought, you know, utility belts and stuff like that. Just because he is a diehard Batman fan, which is weird because because of his love for Batman, he hates Superman. It's it's so it's like you're, you're the same way. Like you you don't you're over it, right? Like it's cool. It's just corny. I mean, it's just yeah. it's, 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 it's that that all American thing. It doesn't translate. That was cool when my father yeah. liked it in the '60s. It just does not translate at this point. And Batman will always get the best of Superman because he always tells him, the reason I beat you is because you're a good person. Yeah. I'm not. Right. Talk to him. Exactly. <laughs> I like that, man. I like that a lot. Um, and then before we move on, I, um, I will say this. I like Marvel movies like the with actors, like with humans in it. But I think DC does a bang up job of their animated movies. Oh, they're I the think best. I think if they turn those into like movies, people would love DC. I think DC would be competing with Marvel if they if they were to turn those into actual like actors movies. Put it like this. DC was so good in the animated game, Marvel bowed out. They just got back in now yes. in, in Disney Plus. They don't even make movies anymore. They tried right. it. It worked. It was like a, they had a few good ones, but like the way DC trends, like even though even as much as I just I just lashed out at Superman, I think Flash is kind of cheesy. I think Green Lantern is kind of they still have good movies that are animated. Animated. So yes, you're 100 percent correct. All right, my man. That first episode of Harley Quinn got me hyped. Like oh, the, that's funny as hell. The way it started though, like on that boat. I don't know if you Yeah, I've like, seen it. Yeah. I was like, yo, is this what this is going to be like? But then it kind of got like, oh, you know, I love him and I want to. I was like, all right, never mind. I was, I was <laughs> over it. But those first like three minutes of that that first episode, oh, I was hooked. I was like, I can't yeah. wait to watch this. And now I'm just like, I don't even know the last time I watched it. So, all right. Uh, we have one more super chat here. It says, just because we pick these players where we pick them doesn't mean they are bad players. Really watch the film before you judge these players. Uh, sure. This is my man, Tehran. I, I love this comment here. I love I love it. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on it? Great rule of thumb. And, and again, you, you could love every single pick. And then we can go back two years down the line and say, man, you missed on this guy. You missed on this guy. Here's a fun exercise for everybody out there. For as many people that clamor for first round picks and high second rounders, what I want you to do is pick a year. Pick any year. Go through your first round, the first 32. What's the success rate of those 32 players? Because it ain't half, 
And it's it like ain't close to half. It's right. like 22%, bro. <laughs> it, it ain't half, and it ain't close to half. So that's what makes this fun. I think it's fun that we get to debate it before anybody gets on the field and we figure things out. But the whole idea of where people are drafted, I mean, in one regard, Russell Wilson was in the third round. How many guys got picked number one that were trashed? Tom Brady at the back of the sixth round. That's the way that you guys should be looking at it. This is a great rule of thumb. If you like the player, you like the player. It doesn't matter where he's at. Get your guy and get him on your team. I think that's a that's a great way to look at it. Get him on your team. Get him in your system. Get him comfortable and allow these guys time to grow. Russell Wilson wasn't Russell Wilson 2011 or 12, whatever year it was that he was drafted, right? Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady the year he was drafted. He grew into the door. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be patient with these guys. And Niner fans, I feel like they just want instant results. You know what I mean? All right, I'm watching the clock here. Another super chat. So Jason said, stop playing with me when it comes to comics. <laughs> he said, good show. Good show, guys. Keep up the great work, man. Thank you Appreciate guys so you, much. I, I, I love it, man. I absolutely love it. All right, um, let's get back to it, though. Was there another player in the draft that really stood out to you that kind of got you thinking or got you excited about uh, what you're going to see going forward? And it's somebody that wasn't drafted. And it's two guys. It's Jason Poe and it's Donovan West. I mean, here's the thing. is It looks like either one of these two guys could possibly be the long-term Alex Mack replacement with one of them possibly stepping in if they don't want to go with Daniel Brunskill as center. I felt like Jason Poe was fast, lateral. I I had no idea that he was going to fall out of draft. And Donovan West was somebody that everybody wanted. So the 49ers, what they did was the Burford pick, and the, the kid from Fordham, that kind of felt a little redundant, but it still ties into what the 49ers want to do, which is have versatile players that can play any position. Neither The only two posi- the only position those guys can't play, the two that I just mentioned, is center. But now you got West, now you got Poe. And West is definitely making the 53 because when you look at his contract, $10 million up front, $100,000 guaranteed, he's making the 53. So Donovan West getting him undrafted, is somebody who can either be the center of the future or possibly, if the 49ers want to get froggy, have him start if Alex Mack doesn't return. I love that. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, um, I was looking at these guys, and I, I got on and started watching some cut-ups of, of, of Spencer Buford, right? And it's like, wow, this guy is nasty, right? Like, he plays with this level of physicality that I think teams were going to be attracted to. So people are like, oh, my God, who is this guy? What are you doing? Like, I can't believe we're spending, spending this draft pick here. You see it. Now it's a matter of honing those skills and preparing him for the future. The Niners have been drafting guys ahead of time, not for not to come in and be a contributor the year that we got you. Chill out. We'll try you. Let's see what you look like in preseason. You know what I mean? And if someone goes down, we'll give you a couple of snaps or whatever. If it's working, if it's not, then we'll snatch you out. We got other guys in here that we know can hold up a little bit, right? And that's why I really like, you know, the guys from last draft that didn't quite get to do much, you know, uh, with Moore and with Banks, right? But those guys are now in place to take over as starters on that offensive line. I don't see that pick any different. So, uh, and I agree with what you're saying. You know, Poe, did you see the video of him running routes and everything? And what, where is is he? Is he Kyle Uzcheck's replacement? Well, I mean, the 49ers technically have been carrying four quarterbacks. Five, if you want to count Jarek McKinnon in twenty twenty. So I mean, like, if you want to get if you want to get anywhere near like 
tricking people. He can play outside. Like he can just make a, you know, like you want to do something with him. And, and I, I envision Kyle trying to get creative with that, but that athleticism is what was really drawn to me. Like, you know, you see him running routes. That's, that's great. You know, centers can't get up field. They're the only ones that can't like, you know, tackles can report eligible, but he can't, but that athleticism is what jumps off the screen to you. So yeah, I, I think that all of those things. And then the two things that the 49ers did in this draft, and they always do this first thing, is they build in the trenches. You continue to bring guys who are going to be edge guys and defensive linemen, and you bring in a bunch of offensive linemen to compete with Jalen Moore, Banks. And you want to find out what you have, and you'll sift through all of that. And then the other thing that they did was was really big brain that nobody's really catching up to is hyphenated last name players. They did it three times, man. And that is high-level stuff that is big brain Kyle Shanahan stuff, man. I love it. I love it. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. And then I'm, my uh, undrafted guy I'm going to highlight tonight is going to be Leon O'Neal, right? We had him on our board. It was another guy that we were able to snatch up as a UDFA. Um, and what I like the most about this is the Niners knew the draft. Forget our board. They knew the draft, right? People were saying that we could have taken him in the fourth or the fifth round and it would have been a fire signing, right? And yes, that is true. But are we going to sign him? If we believe, if we know that he's going to be available as a UDFA, it just didn't make any sense. And that's why I really applauded this team. Like we were sitting around and we, we did the whole show live, like the whole time. And I got guests on and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe we still didn't take a center. Oh my God. I, I still can't believe we didn't take a safety. Oh my, like, this is bullshit. Like, look at what they're wasting these picks on. Da, 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 da. And then we get everybody that was on our board when the draft was over. I, like that's what made me really want to applaud these guys is that they trusted the board. And what I was telling Tony, I don't know if I said it on the show or not. They trust their scouts. These scouts communicate with each other. They're sitting on the same bleachers watching these games when they get there. Like, well, who are you here to see? Oh, I'm here to watch this guy and I'm here to watch that guy. Well, I don't know if this guy's going to do anything. They, the scouts know. The scouts have a better idea of the draft boards than the GMs do. And they give that information back to the GMs and say, hey, we did like this guy. He does look like he'll fit in our system, but no one's really looking at this guy. You might not have to take a draft flyer on him. You know, lock up somebody for the four years that you want that you might think isn't going to be available later, where these guys are going to be available later. And I just, I really sincerely applauded what those guys did. So I like that a lot, man. Uh, Jason, I'm not going to take up too much more of your time, bro. You have been a phenomenal guest. I, I love uh, sitting down and doing these things with people, man. So Anytime that you want to come back on, you have an open invitation. My Jersey brother right here, man. Like, it's always going to be that, man. It's always going to be that. Can't wait to link up with you later on, man. We'll do some stuff in person, uh, catch up at some games or something like that. But uh, the floor is yours for final thoughts, man. Anything that you want to leave the uh, faithful with right now, uh, the time is yours. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you, man. And thank you for everybody showing love in the chat. It's, it's a pleasure. I, I always love chopping it up with anybody and I'll give anybody my time just because, uh, you know, I would want the same for, for somebody that I request. So, um, you know, with uh, with this draft, I think you hit the nail on the head as the draft went along. And especially when you couple in with those undrafted free agents, I felt that the draft got better and better in my eyes when you start to look. And a lot of people had Donovan Weston the third and, and look, you got him for nothing. I mean, well, you didn't get him for nothing. You're paying him, but you didn't have to invest draft capital. And then I think as far as the safety thing goes, you know, you've got the guys that are there, Odom, and you have Hufanga, but, and then you bring in Leon O'Neal. But I think that Castro from Penn State 
He kind of profiles like maybe like a little bit more like a safety. Really good in run support, just has to clean up some of his tackling. He has problems changing direction, but he has straight line speed. And I think that for the first time, you kind of saw the 49ers invest in athletes. And I think they're tired of those athletes not being on the special teams unit. And I think you're going to see some of these guys contribute as gunners, not allowing returns down the field. So I think that's uh, it's it seems like the 49ers just wanted to shore up their special teams this entire year, one way or another, whether that's Ray Ray McLeod or, or bringing in other guys. But when you look at the draft and you look at these possible landing spots for these guys in this roster, I think a lot of it starts with special teams. And I think the 49ers started betting on measurables in the same way that they do on the defensive line when they bring in. Jordan Willis, O'Menahue, and uh, and and the, the kid from Green Greenway, right from from the Eagles, right. You're betting on those traits, so they're starting to say say like take that philosophy with the defensive line because they know Chris Cosser can get it done. But I think it's starting to get across now to the other parts of the team. And special teams was something that I think Kyle Shanahan was sick of this entire time. So I think that's something that they really addressed with having guys that can be flexible and play in different spots. So, again, versatility is the name of the game. Positionless football is not just on offense. It is for defense. But uh, I really enjoyed what they did in this draft, especially in the later uh, rounds. And then when you're talking about what they did in undrafted free agents, um, it puts them in that firmly, for me, in that B, B plus, maybe even A minus, especially when we go back and look back on this draft class and see where we're at. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and to piggyback off of what you're saying, man, Kalia Davis, right? Like this dude looks like a physical freak. I think he's going to give us I, – I I hope that he lives up to what I think he can do. I think that he is going to come in here and be a guy, DJ Jones, but a little bit more athletic. I know that sounds blasphemous, right, because we all love DJ Jones. He was someone I hope that the Niners brought back. And then I'll be honest with you, I, I was thinking to myself, if they're not going to pay him, let him go somewhere and get the bag. He deserves it, right? Like DJ Jones was a fan favorite, great guy in the community. Uh, but then you see, like, what can he do on the field? That's what we have to replace. We can't replace what this person is going to do in the community. We have to replace what they do on the field. And I think Kalia Davis in the sixth round was a phenomenal, phenomenal pick for the 49ers. And where did DJ Jones go? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you got you, as far as when, when we got him. So, I mean, just, just you got to step back and look at things and how they're going to play out. You know what I'm saying? So, I that, really that appreciate kind of, that. <laughs> That kind of felt like Trent Bulky, the Trent, the ghost of Trent Bulky got back in there, right? Athlete torn ACL. It was like if you say, like I think if you say torn ACL in the mirror three times, Trent Bulky sends your name up in the card and tries to draft you. So I mean, that's what that kind of felt like for me. <laughs> Trent Bulky, I'll smarten it up. What do you think of the first pick of the draft? Did you think that's what it was going to be? I did. I mean, in the buzz in the media room was like that. Uh, Thibodeau was was not really good in meetings, and that, and we heard that at the combine too. That's that's why a lot of people were take like saying that he was going to slide, and they they didn't really like what he put on tape in certain games where he kind of quit, I guess. And you know how well if he quits in one game, he's going to quit for the and yeah. Watch watch Thibodeau be a baller, especially when you put him across from Zolari. But it just felt like Trent gets so wrapped up in this is the guy that because of his talent. But I'll tell you this, I'm not big on Aiden Hutchinson like everybody else was either. So we're going to find out where this goes. I am not consensus. Oh, Aiden Hutchinson. No, no, no. Stop force feeding me that. When I watch it, it's not what you – when you say Nick Bosa, you got to get him out of here when you say that. But we're going to find out. Felt like Bulky made a bulky move, especially – did you see the contract? The contract came out today. Fully guaranteed contract. Fully guaranteed contract. Uh, Okay, buddy. Make it happen. But it, it felt like he was going to bet on the traits and everybody in the media room was like, yeah, I was uh, scrambling on my phone to try to put in a prop bet. But for some reason in Las Vegas, you cannot bet on any app. No, make it make sense. Be, 
it's got to be in person, man. They want you in there. When you make that one bet, and then you step over to the slot machine. You know what I'm saying? You know, I've been I've been there with you, bro. I've been in the casino with you. You know, you know what it's like. You can't just do one thing and be out. You know what I'm saying? You got to stop real quick. And that's what they were banking on, man. That's smart. I should have I should have just left and ran out of the media room, ran to the casino, just so I could put it down. Because they were like, "Yeah, it's Trevor Walker." They were like, "Don't even I, don't." They were like, "Don't even walk, don't, like don't even worry and watch." And then boom, he popped. I was like, "Damn it!" It was right yeah. there for me. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. There was one more here. Uh, I want to get this one to you, and then I'll let you go. Uh, does Donovan West start at center if Mac retires, or do we go somewhere else? Depends on what they want to do with Brunskill. If they feel confident keeping him at right guard, if they, they want to put him at center. But Donovan West is definitely a candidate, and that's what I was talking about earlier, is Donovan West, Jason Poe, those feel like Alex Mack long-term replacements, but also they could step in right away, especially if they show things in camp. So we're going to find out. Alex Mack is living his best life with his wife. Good for him, man. Just Just recently married. I don't suspect that he's going to come back, especially when, you know, it's the honeymoon phase. So everything's going to be good for him to be home. Now, if Alex Mack was married for 10 years, he'd be like, uh-uh, I'm not staying here. I got to get back to work at least for one more year before I become a homebody. So, And, you know, I'm going to agree with what you said there. I don't think he's coming back. You know, everyone was uh, – when John Lynch first spoke to the media about Alex Mack, he said, I'm going to let him announce that. Announce what? He's under contract. So that's not an announcement to me. That was like, okay, he's done. He's not coming back. And then I think John Lynch saw people saying that on Twitter – He's on there. He's active on there, you know. And so he kind of like tried to walk it back like, oh, yeah, we've been in communications with him. And, uh, you know, we're hearing good things and it's, it's, it's going in the right direction. It's going the how we expected it to go. But he never said, yes, he's coming back. So but his words were enough to get people saying, oh, maybe Mac is returning. I don't think that's the case either. So I completely agree with what you said here, man. Um, and but yeah, if, somebody's, Bailey, if somebody's asking where I'm from in Jersey, I'm a northern New Jersey, Hudson County guy. Can't really. Okay. I'm not. I'm not dropping the location though, so people can come run down on me for my takes and everything. Especially when you find out that. See, yeah. Now this is funny because mm -hmm. South Jersey guys are just different. So I. Well, never mind. Let me. Let me not. Let no. Me not. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go there because I don't know who's watching. I don't want to. Hey yo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm gonna shut up. I'm gonna chill. But no, I'm I'm not a South Jersey guy either. So, you know, I'm I'm just gonna let it go, man. But yeah, thank you all for watching, man. This has been a lot of fun, man. Guys, make sure you go over. His handle is right there at the bottom of the screen. Jason Aponte 2103. If you guys aren't following him, make sure you do that. Go over there and subscribe. Subscribe to him, Jason Aponte on Patreon, on YouTube. Get over there and subscribe, guys. Uh, this was actually like the calm Jason. If you guys oh, like yeah. it, trust me, you're gonna love what you get on the channel over there follow him guys great content i've texted jason before hey bro i don't have nothing else to say just love what you're doing keep up the good work like and and that's it i, I one text i'm out like that's it it's not i need you to come on the show or whatever whatever that was it like that's that's the type of person i am when i i respect the grind i like the commitment that you have to it you know traveling and following the team and things like that and all that you put in there you're you're a good guy of my book man i love the hustle i love the grind keep it up man for real i, I mean it when appreciate i appreciate you it. No appreciate problem, you man. and the feel is mutual man the feel is mutual a lot of people get wrapped up on um what they see from people online but when you really get people's temperature and you meet them i felt like philly was a good spot because then i then i really got to know mike and then that's when i was like all right this is a solid dude man you know we may disagree about fantasy fo i mean football takes or things like that but come on man in real life it's still all love man and you know that mike absolutely man appreciate you bro all right guys that's gonna do it for us here tonight we want to thank you all for checking us out, man. We will be back, so make sure you guys are ready. Uh, tomorrow night, we won't be here on Nothing But Niners, but I will be live with the guys over at the Hive, 49ers Hive, 
So make sure you guys are over there. Subscribe if you aren't already, because that's where I'm going to be on Wednesday. All right. And that's going to do it for us tonight. Y'all know how we sign out every single week. Prepare for glory, anticipate pain, but always remain faithful. Breezy, take us home. One. We all gas, no brakes, pumped up, no fakes. We spinning, we winning, we high stakes. We never miss, we all makes. Look at us dudes trying to prove, bringing you news with nothing to lose. Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne, Method Man, we bring the pain. Hey. See, I'ma confess it. We under the pressure. If you looking to find us. Them nothing but niners. We nothing but niners.